Welcome to Fat Guy, Jack Guy. I'm Steph Rubino. And I'm Brendan Walsh. Today we have a guest who's hopefully bringing us back to life. But before we get there, we have a little message for you. Please become a patron of Fat Guy Jack Guy by going to patreon.com backslash fat guy jack guy. For as little as $3 a month, you can help us become full-time grifters. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Fat Guy Jack Guy Two wacky goofballs talking about stuff Fat Guy Jack Guy Two wacky goofballs Today we have a special guest with us who's going to take us down the weird and wild road that leads us to new metal. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi, my name is Danny Janae. I am a writer, a poet, a podcaster, journalist, all that stuff. I write primarily for a bunch of different places, but mostly freelance. Um, and you can find most of my writing on my website. That is figwidow.com. F-I-G-W-I-D-O-W.com. And then I also have my podcast, which is that, the Fig Widow podcast. So you can find that on pretty much any streaming platform, I think. For sure on Spotify, Apple Podcast, probably on Google Podcasts as well. And then I have a substack called Ask a Queer Doctor, where I interview queer doctors about their specialties. Also, interviews queer scientists. Um, about their specialties, myths and like um, misconceptions in their fields. They'd like to debunk talking about misinformation and all that sort of fun stuff. So that's me. Yeah. And y'all should get on following Danny immediately. We will also tag all of her social media in our um, Instagram yes. post about this episode. So you can follow her there as well. So Danny, what are we, what are we doing today? What are we talking about today? What do we got? Today? <laughs> We're talking about one of my favorite things to talk about. I just realized that I was on mutual friend, um, Nico Stratus. I was on her podcast talking about this a little bit, but today we're talking about new metal. And I have a little sort of intro here that talks about what is new metal, my relationship to it. Uh, so we'll just jump into that. What is new metal? <laughs> new metal is a genre of music that often blends rock, hip hop, trip hop. Remember trip hop? Alternative, Unfortunately. <laughs> alternative, industrial, and metal music. It is categorized by a sound that is often harsh, trippy, and emotive. New metal artists include bands like Korn, Evanescence, Lincoln Park, Papa Roach, Disturbed, P.O.D., Slipknot, Limp Bizkit, and more. So what? why new metal? I was drawn to new metal because of a desire to rebel against my parents and their uh, individual music taste and also a desire to communicate the internal pain and turmoil I felt growing up. Like most preteens, I was emotional, but my emotions were doubled by the abusive environment I grew up in. Not only did my parents not get me, no one on earth got me. I couldn't find any words for the things I was experiencing, so I turned to music. New metal is often lambasted for its over-the-top hyperbolic lyrics and try-hard sound. New metal bands wanted to be edgy, to be in your face, to not give a fuck, but the sincerity in their lyrics really betrayed that notion. These were people that sincerely did give a fuck. A desire to be un und undefinable made them clearly defined as a kind of laughing stock of the rock world. 
As I got older and read more about the things I was experiencing and had more experiences outside of my abusive household, I lost my taste for new metal. Also, as we transitioned away from like iPods, those little like music downloady devices and things like that, and into streaming services, I didn't really retain much of the music that I had downloaded, the new metal music that I had downloaded in the aughts. But if you put on some evidence right now, I'd still know all of the lyrics. <laughs> I like the idea that they sincerely gave a fuck. I hope yeah. we'll talk more about that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic sentence. <laughs> because isn't that so much of every young person's life is that mm. delicate balance between pretending that you don't give a fuck and in doing so giving the most possible fucks. And that, <laughs> yes. it's a really great encapsulation of what new metal does sound like. It's like guys who don't give a fuck, but they, they give a fuck, come on. <laughs> <laughs> totally. As, as we've talked about many times, Brendan and I are kind of like we we famously admitted that we pretended not to give a fuck a lot, but gave a lot of fucks about a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like the great. This is like the best audience for this. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I want to maybe talk about more about why you were drawn to new metal. Like, what in your you, I know you mentioned your family's music taste was like very specific, and so you were trying to kind of rebel against that. So, what was going yeah. on? Like, what were they listening to in the aughts that made you just like want to run away from it? I remember specifically, my mom used to make me make her CDs. So, like, it was a lot <laughs> of like Luther Vandross, Marvin Gaye, Al Green, and even some like more contemporary like artists like Tony Braxton. There, she was obsessed with. Uh, Patti LaBelle, she's obsessed with this lady, Deborah Cox. Deborah Cox famously had that song. I think it's called How Did You Get Here? That at least for um, a bunch of like black preteens growing up in like Pittsburgh was like a very famous song. And we had like our own little rendition of it that we sang on the school bus and stuff. So I love that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that kind of music, a lot of like soul, R&B, uh, disco, funk. My mom was also like, a Prince fan, even though, like, I think she was scandalized by him, his, like, his fashion and his, like, his personality, but, like, his music she was, like, very into. Yeah, Prince was a little queer for, like, the for anybody who was a little bit churchy or straight or whatever. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so your mom, listening to all that stuff, you were like, no, this is not for me. I gotta go find something angrier because <laughs> I'm yeah. pissed and I gotta go. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that stuff. And I listen to that stuff still today, a lot of it. But I was like, this isn't cutting it as far as, like, describing my inner angst, you know. But I was like, something's going on with me emotionally that isn't being encapsulated by Heather Heedley or whatever. Um, so I, like, needed something that was that had, like, more bite, more edge to it. What yeah. was the first? Harnessing oh, the rage. No, that's just what new metal seems to be about, is harnessing yeah. that rage that... <laughs> is unspeakable that has no real source and no real mm. no real solution just a just a rage that needs to come out musically yeah. i guess <laughs> definitely who is like the first new metal band that you got into i'm not sure you're probably going to go into this but who yeah. who was your like first ones my first one was probably like i think i technically got into evanescence before i was into Lincoln park I listened to Linkin Park for sure, but like 
the first one that I like, I feel like really got to the heart of what I was feeling was like Evanescence and like specifically um, the lead singer, Amy Lee's like vocals were like, I think she's like a fantastic singer and like part of what I like even now is like just vocalists that are good at what they do. So I was really drawn to her. And of course the lyrics to a lot of Evanescence songs are like deeply dramatic and over the top. So I was very into that as well. And also like, I feel like a lot of the new metal bands at that time had like a similar aesthetic fashion wise of like, if you were a woman, it was like that ghastly white foundation, lots of like black eyeliner smudged over your eyes. Um, the, are they called Jinko jeans? Those oh were, yeah, were very popular. The wallets with the chains and like black nail polish and all that stuff was very like hype back then. And also the the mesh like hand, oh, they're like yeah. hands, but fingerless. Yeah, they're mesh gloves. Yes, and they're fingerless, which kind of defeats the purpose of gloves. But I guess it's just a fashion. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, very drawn to that terrible aesthetic. glove. <laughs> you were drawn to that aesthetic because when I grew up. The kids who listen to ICP also wore mm. Jinko jeans. So I guess maybe we can talk a little bit more about this. Is there an ICP new metal? Um, like, is there a conjunction oh. there? Like, do they interact in some way? <laughs> or are they completely different animals that just happen to meet in the Jinko jeans? Like, that's the Venn diagram. <laughs> <laughs> like, ICP new metal and then Jinko jeans is the one in the middle. I don't know. <laughs> I bet they do. I totally think they probably do at some point. I think that, like, I was never really, like, into ICP, but, like, from what I could tell, it was very, like, I think that that kind of music had more, it didn't take itself as seriously as True. New Metal did. When I think of, like, Insane Colin Fossey, I think of, like, funny people. Like, yeah. people with, like, uh, what, um, back then, there's like a kind of like teenage boy that was like, oh, I just have a dark twisted sense of humor. That's what I think of when I think of ICP. <laughs> That's so real. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the new metal guys were just dark and twisted. Yeah. No yeah. sense of humor. No sense of humor. They were just sad, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, so evidence is what's like your first, but then you got into everything else. So like, what yeah. what is what drew you to like Limp Biscuit, for example, or, or like, how did you come to, I mean, I just view, okay. So even though they're all kind of, a lot of these bands are all under this like new metal umbrella. Yeah. I just kind of feel like the, the vibes of Evanescence is so, are like so separated from the vibes of like Limp Biscuit and Korn and like other, yeah. other new metal bands. They're just so different in terms of what they're, doing and what they're trying to do and who they appeal to. So yeah, I was just, you know, what do you what was the draw to people who are so so vastly different from like Evanescence, for example? I think it was that thing that I was talking about earlier of like the the desire to be like, I don't care. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter. It's like it brush off my shoulders, like sort of attitude of like this happened, but like I'm not gonna let it affect me. I'm gonna push through it and like be above it all and sort of that sort of like attitude. I think Limbiscuit was like very much that of like 
just like angry white dudes that were like, fuck yeah, like fuck it, you know? And also like, I think Papa Roach is also like that a little bit too. The other bands that are like under the new metal umbrella were also like, I was drawn to those bands that sort of fell outside of the scope of like Evanescence because I wanted to not be as affected by the things that were affecting me. So like, like I wanted to not be like a big crybaby, but I was a big crybaby, you know? Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of the reason why I was also like, I I didn't really listen to new metal. New metal was like my brother's music. So I knew I didn't want to be into that because both of my brothers were into it. (laughs) I was like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to do that. So I was really drawn to punk as opposed to new metal, but for similar reasons, there is like a toughness yeah. in the in the music that, I mean, also for political reasons too, for me, but there is a toughness in the music that kind of was a shield for like who I really was mm. on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> so like being part of that culture kind of gave me a, a shield in a way. Um, I could be like, yeah, I'm punk, so I don't give a fuck, and I hate the government, and (laughs) um, nothing you can say can, like, hurt me or whatever, but really, I was, like, fucking crying all the time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, I guess. Yeah, you bring up a thing, and, you know, this this won't sound too strange to both of you, because you know what I'm about to say. The politics of new metal are are very interesting to me. Steph brought up the fact that punk, you know, has a political bend of some sort. I mean, it's also kind of hard to see exactly based on what kind of band you're listening to as far as punk is concerned, what your politics are. But for new metal, I don't think that there really is a political bent at all. Mm. It seems like it's anger for the sake of anger I don't give a fuck is a pretty solid way of saying um, I'm yeah. apathetic about everything or like <laughs> mm-hmm. as as uh, you may know my theory about uh, the potential for new metal to be like a libertarian breeding <laughs> ground. <laughs> it's like if I don't give a fuck about anything including uh, you know the way that my society is run because it's all useless anyway or something like that. So yeah. I think that there's a an apoliticalness to new metal that you know there's a lot of intersections between uh, music that is made primarily by white dudes libertarianness political apathy but in reality it's more just the the freedom to be apathetic politically because it doesn't you know politics don't really affect you in the same way as they do other people so i think that's a kind of interesting thing about the politics of new metal is that i don't know if they exist yeah totally i think that like New metal is very concerned with like, I, if I can call it this, I will say like interpersonal politics of mm. like, what is what is the beef between you and I? Like, what is the beef between me and my dad, or like something like that, or like that sort of thing. Whereas punk and like even like hip hop and like other genres of music are like way more concerned with like the tensions between the government and the people, or like world powers and like different governments that are like at war with each other at any given t- point in time. Yeah, I, I love that idea, interpersonal politics. I guess that is like exactly what it, I think when I think of new metal, I do think of it as being uh, like inward focused. So it's yeah. mostly like 
your own feelings towards shit. <laughs> and usually yeah. an, ex an expression of having like either angry feelings towards shit or just no, or like wanting to not have feelings towards something. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you bring up a really good point about this, this idea of them talking about their relationships between like their, I guess, yeah, like you said, their dad or, or somebody that they're having beef with, or I guess it could also extend to in some cases, especially with like Evanescence, it seems like the, they're like intimate relationships also. Yeah, totally. It's interesting. I, <laughs> I didn't think of it as like a political thing in a sense, but I guess like, yeah, it is interpersonal. What you do in your act, like what you do in your actual relationships with people is your politics. So it makes total sense that, so then it would be a lot of anger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it makes it really hard to imagine having any sort of interpersonal relationship with Fred Durst right because it doesn't seem fun at all it yeah seems like a really hard person to be around if that's what his politics are <laughs> oh my god no what, what if he's like a really nice guy he could be i guess he could be no, he's not. we know yeah. he's not we know from the reports yeah. he's not. uh there are reports what reports yeah, back in the day, remember there was like things that he did to Britney Spears or said about Britney Spears. Like he was like uh, rude as fuck. Was it Britney Spears or Mariah Carey? Might have been both actually. But he was just like a mean guy. You know, yeah. that was a time period in which the image, especially of of new metal people, was to hate a certain like kind of representation of pop culture. Even though mm. Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit were a big part of mainstream pop culture. Like they were number one on TRL and all that stuff, but you had to act hard by hating on traditionally pop music, pop music. And yeah. in the time period in which we're talking about, I was young enough to be on the side of like, yeah, that music is stupid. And this music isn't stupid, <laughs> even though mm -hmm. they're all representative of the same like <laughs> pop culture machine. And so Fred Durst, like being mean to Britney Spears, is somehow a hardcore badass against some kind of system thing to do. When in reality, he's doing the same shit. Yeah, just music exactly. sounds different. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's an interesting thing too. I, I guess so. I have said on the podcast before that I like didn't think any of that shit was stupid. I was just hiding it from people that I was listening to. <laughs> like I. <laughs> Like I loved Mariah Carey. I still love Mariah Carey. She's oh my God, yeah. but like I loved Mariah Carey so much. I had her CDs hidden in my car so that like when my friends were looking through my shit to get other stuff, they wouldn't find them. But like, <laughs> like, and I didn't feel like those. Be like I didn't. I watched TRL. I was, I was like a religious MTV watcher, even though I didn't listen to like everything that was on there. But I was definitely into like. I was also definitely into this idea that these artists like have this beef and it was all it always seemed to be like these new metal artists were fighting against other people or they were fighting against like hip-hop artists which is an interesting thing to think about as well yeah the optics yeah. of this group of white guys fighting against like mostly black people it's like pretty bad but in the aughts it was like anything goes i guess so nobody really gave a shit yeah, I was thinking about that after our, our last conversation, especially like, like I think that um, Lincoln Park was like an exception to that, where like they were more likely to collaborate with like hip hop artists 
but like Limp Bizkit, I feel like bands like Slipknot and like other people were like borrowing from like the the hip hop sound, but like trashing hip hop artists in public. It probably comes from that like libertarian. All we care about is like smoking weed and like we're also kind of racist sort of like attitude that um, a lot of white men of that era had. But yeah, I think about, I was thinking about that a lot after our last conversation. When you listen to new metal and like, if you research it at all, everybody brings up like pop borrows from hip hop and like trip hop, which is like a derivative of hip hop. There's definitely like a disdain for like black artists in a lot of um, those bands, especially given like Limp Bizkit sort of like half-assed rapping that he was doing, you know? It's just like, it's such a weird relationship. Um, and it made me feel weird listening to it because I like, I definitely had like a period where I was not as into hip hop artists as I am now, but like, I understood that like, especially in high school, I understood that like, um, which is when I started to like kind of phase out of some of the new metal listening that I was doing, I understood that there was this like, probably anti-black racist nature to a lot of the dissing that new metal artists did to like hip hop artists. Yeah, it's it's kind of strange. I, I because like you're saying, a lot of them did employ that kind of rap, you know, like musicality, but also yes. they in a sense, some of the style was also appropriated from hip hop as well. Like the baggy jeans. I guess like Jinko kind of takes the baggy jean situation like yeah. over the top, you know, like that just adds to, to it. But it's mm-hmm. still kind of all it has new metal has a specific feel to it it feels both at the same time like it could come from like the urban centers but also it feels like it could come from like rural middle of nowhere place where they have like three cds and (laughs) like one of them is like a tupac album and then like the other two are like heavy metal yeah (laughs) um but then it also has this vibe of coming from like a city. It's so it's such a, a unique product of the like that moment of the of this kind of golden age of hip hop that we were having in like the late nineties yeah. and like the early aughts. But also this like growth in the other genres of like heavy rock, and it kind of all just clashed when into new metal, and then that was yeah. created out of that. Yeah, definitely. I like thinking about like the geography of new metal that you just brought up because I know that this is going to show my New England bias when I think about new metal, but I, <laughs> I think of it as like so deeply midwestern. <laughs> like there's something that feels and southern. Yeah, like that that something that I couldn't quite capture as a new a kid growing up in New England, like you mentioned urban centers and when I hear new metal, I don't think of urban centers at all. I really do think of, um, I do think of cornfields. Maybe that's because you mentioned uh-huh. Slipknot earlier, but that's ICP and Slipknot. Yeah. It just feels as though it was created by people with that confluence of, um, musical interests and musical tastes and blending them together in a way that, I guess made something that that sounded kind of new, but kind of like it was taking from everything else at the same time. Totally. And that's no offense to people from the Midwest. I just, I have a lot of Midwestern (laughs) bias. It's not fair. 
<laughs> well, okay. So I think it's funny that you said the Midwest because, it, I, you know, the biggest band, so Limp Biscuit is from Jacksonville, which as a Floridian, I personally don't claim. But <laughs> yeah, you know, what is Jacksonville I, even? It's so big. It's kind of the Midwest too. You it know? is. Yeah, it's so big. There is a part of Jacksonville that I actually love, like Old Town Jacksonville and you know, historic Jacksonville is, is great. And it was historically like mostly black. So those areas are really cool. But yeah, so Olympus gets from Jacksonville. I, I know that Lincoln Park is from California. I don't know where they're from in California, but I know that they're from there. Evanescence is Canadian, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. Like the biggest ones were not, I guess I understand the Midwestern thing. I think I wonder if where that Midwestern conception of like, okay, yeah, these people are very rural. <laughs> I wonder where that comes from. <laughs> okay, also well, let me just say. Also, there's urban centers in the Midwest. Like, we have like Milwaukee and Minneapolis and, you know, there's a lot of other ones. Detroit. Yeah. Disturbed is from Chicago, Illinois, okay? So uh, I feel okay. indicated. In my, but Chicago uh, <laughs> is an urban center. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just nothing. There's when nothing. I said, <laughs> when I said urban center, I didn't just mean New York City and yeah. LA. <laughs> Don't get yeah. it twisted. You it also meant Boston, DC. Yeah, Boston, yeah. DC. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it isn't because corn is from Bakersfield, California. Like, I don't know why. I, it's, I get, you know, why? Because it's called corn, and I think a Midwest corn. <laughs> Once again, totally unfair. Yeah, you're just, you're, that's your, that's your corn bias. <laughs> so messed up. So messed up. You hate Indianans, Indianians. What are they called? Hoosiers. Yeah, you hate Hoosiers. Hoosiers. Uh, but, you know, disturbed brings me to a question that I wanted to ask, which was like, what was your, your favorite new metal song or, or a couple favorite new metal songs that sort of define the genre for you guys? Oh, that's a good question for me. <laughs> I have to think about it, but I'm going to let Danny go. I think just because we were just talking about them, Disturbed, I think Down With The Sickness is like one of the ones that gets like propped up there as like sort of genre defining. defining. Corn has... Freak on a Leash. Freak on a Leash, yes. Yeah. There we go. How could I forget? <laughs> I'll never forget. I'll never forget. <laughs> Freak on a Leash is my 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> So true. I might have to cut that. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. Yeah, definitely down with the sickness, like for me is new metal. And I also got it from a burned CD given to me by a kid named Rob Sweeney in eighth grade. And when I mm -hmm. think of my relationship with new metal, it was pretty much only eighth grade, maybe seventh and eighth grade. So mm -hmm. 2001, 2002, right, you know, right before I go to high school, I'm feeling that anger. And then, of course, I transitioned into just mostly very sad music. So that rage became depression and new metal couldn't mm. really harness the depression for me. Yeah, <laughs> totally. 
I think when I when I when I think of like new metal songs, the first one that pops into my head is is that Limp Bizkit cover of Faith. Oh, because I think like that was the I I want to say that was probably the first new metal song I heard where I was like, you know what, this is a, this one is good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, you know what, I like this one. I still actually do like it. Sometimes I will listen to it. That is like the I wouldn't say that maybe like my favorite though, or like one that ones that I'm still kind of drawn to is like I I liked System of a Down and I still oh, yeah. do. Yeah, does System like, still, of a Down count as new metal? Because if so, they were the exception. They did have political songs. Like, yeah, they were a, a heavily political band, and mm. um, th yeah, they still rule. Like I'll listen to yeah. System of a Down now. They're fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and I think if somebody put on like Papa Roach's Last Resort at the gym, I would <laughs> really be into that. <laughs> like I would, <laughs> yeah, like, I would be a hundred. That would be my whole. I would be with my whole chest, you know, singing the song, <laughs> probably. But oh. yeah, I don't. I don't know if I appreciate it as much as a young adult. Yeah, dude. Break stuff by Limp Biscuit has to be so yes. quintessentially new metal. Yeah, with just the the feeling of wanting to destroy everything and build nothing in its place, just unbridled rage at something. You know, like just the lyrics. It's just one of those days where I don't want to wake up. What does he say? Everything is fucked. Everybody sucks. Everybody sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, okay, as, that's relatable. As I get older, I understand it more. <laughs> that wasn't for kids. Yeah. That, that was for his peer group. It's so yeah. true, though. Yeah. All right. I take back what I said. That's a good, the Limp Bizkit's good. Break, yeah. Break good. Is, uh, just a fun fact. Break Stuff is, like, one of the top five songs, I think, that, like, gym bros use on their Instagram reels or in their YouTube mm -hmm. videos. I can Top see five. That. They love using stuff. Yeah, they love it. I wanted to do a spin on a game that we played before, which is I will read you some lyrics. Yes. And you have to guess what the band is. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's see where do I want to start. We love games on Fat Guy Jack Guy, so you really uh, you brought the okay. Game. Okay. Here we go. Hmm, should I do the chorus or should I do a verse? Chorus. You can do all of it. I don't care. Yeah, you can do all of it too. <laughs> okay, here we go. Crawling in my skin. These oh. wounds, they will not heal. Fear is how I fall. Confusing what is real. Discomfort endlessly has pulled itself upon me. Distracting, reacting. Against my will, I stand beside my own reflection. It's haunting how I can't seem to find myself again. My walls are closing in. Without a sense of confidence, I'm convinced that there's just too much pressure to take. I felt this before, so insecure. Okay, let's see. Who is that? That's uh isn't that Lincoln Park? Is it yes. Lincoln Park? Yes. Oh, yeah. Park. yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> For some reason I was feeling evanescence in that moment but yeah, yeah. <laughs> man such heavy which, lyrics so heavy which song is that that's uh called crawling okay yeah wow. that song okay, was yeah. was like 
omnipresent. That was all over the place. And when you think yeah. about what it's saying, like, well, what is it saying exactly? This person is so just destroyed by life in the world. They have some awful, I don't know, mental health problem. Like, what is it exactly? What is like the problem that they're experiencing? Yeah, it, like it doesn't really get into like the heart of the problem. It's just like the the um, the emotions around it. So like discomfort, crawling in my skin, wounds that won't heal, haunted haunted by your own reflection. All this stuff is like very intense. It's very intense. <laughs> Do we ever get to the source of the problem, or it is literally just no. the person describing these awful things? Do you think it's a relationship? We never get to the source. Mm. Okay. Huh. I don't know. What were Lincoln Park's the majority of Lincoln Park's songs about? He had like dad problems, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I think there are also a lot about like what I would call like just like a general sense of inner turmoil of like something's wrong with me that I can't exactly change or name. And so I'm just gonna write about it in this way that is like really deeply disturbing and like I think about that song that they have that was was Jay-Z on that? I think Jay-Z was on a remix of it, but in the end. Um mm, yeah. Yeah. Those lyrics are also very like something is going on with me and like, you know, I'm trying to like change myself, but in the end it doesn't matter. Sort of sort of yeah. Kind of stuff. In the end it doesn't really matter, right? That was the yeah. thing that was, yeah. That's yeah. pretty um nihilistic. Yeah. Totally. Nothing matters. <laughs> <laughs> nothing matters nothing matters yeah, i just yeah. want to break shit everybody sucks yeah. <laughs> in the end it doesn't really matter i mean that was how i was feeling in eighth grade so it makes sense that that's <laughs> exactly you and danny are the most nihilistic eighth graders yeah uh, we're, uh, so sad man you guys were so, you're, i'm glad that that changed for you though <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're circling back now you, you it's been can, like a 20 year yeah, break yeah, we're coming back we're not coming back <laughs> <laughs> okay i have another song for you <laughs> okay i'll start with the chorus oh god you're laughing so i know that this is gonna be ridiculous Yes. Beating me down, beating me, beating me down, down into the ground, screaming so sound, beating me, beating me down, down into the ground, uh, falling away from me. It's spinning round and round, falling away from me. It's lost and can't be found. Falling away from me. It's spinning round and round, falling away from me. Throw it down. Let's see if you can guess who that is. Corn. Yeah. Oh shit! I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Which, is that freak on a leash? No, that's falling away from me. <laughs> oh, it's so obviously falling away from me. <laughs> I think in both cases, the name of the song is in the lyrics <laughs> for the last two. I was like, yeah. "Oh, what's the name of that song?" And you were like, "Crawling." And then he was like, "What's the name?" Of it? It's like falling away from me. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that song was really popular, and yeah, is that the one where he makes the sounds? I know we talked about this last time we spoke. No, it's yeah. a different one. Is that Freak Freak on a leash? leash? Yeah, that's yeah. Freak on a Leash. The sounds. Can you can you do the sounds for me, brother? What does that sound like again? <laughs> he was like, mm, 
It's like, yeah. They love to scat. They love. They actually love to scat. Big jazz fans. <laughs> I think that like philosophically it makes sense because the lyrics are not there's no there's nothing narrative to grab onto right there's no image yeah. really and so it's just it's like being inside of a well of emotion that has no tangible quality and so that would mm. obviously just lead to you making sound right eventually you're just like well words aren't even doing it so I'm just gonna go <laughs> right like, that's the logical step in these lyrics just yeah making sounds is that why disturbed did it too <laughs> no yeah disturbed did it too yeah <laughs> theirs is different though theirs is different what, what was the disturbed one what did he do all right here you go <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes do that while I'm walking around the apartment. <laughs> Sometimes I feel the urge just be like, ooh, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> they, you know, I'll give them this. I'll give them this. They really had a way of sticking with us, you know? It's so true. Yeah. Those like guttural uh, like sounds, the the primal scream that they harnessed in their lyrics was fantastic. Yeah. I know. Okay, you ready for one more? Please. Yeah, I mean, we could do Let's so do many it. more than one, honestly. I love <laughs> Okay, that. I have a couple more I then. <laughs> yes, please. Okay. Without the mask, where will you hide? Can't find yourself lost in your lie. I know the truth now. I know who you are, and I don't love you anymore. <laughs> it never was and never will be. You don't know how you betrayed me, and somehow you've got everybody fooled. It never was and never will be. You're not real, and you can't save me. And somehow now you're everybody's fool. Why does that sound like, I don't know, like a freshman wrote that in their English class for a poetry yeah. assignment? Yeah. Oh God, that's what absolutely. that sounds like, right? Yes, exactly. What yeah, do you think it is, brother? I, I guess the last one. Yo, I have no clue. I really have no idea. My new metal knowledge is like corn, Limp Biscuit, Lincoln Park, Disturbed. Is it any of those four? I know. Oh, I shit. think it's Evanescence. It is. Oh. Okay. Yeah. See, Evanescence. I feel like more of their songs were about breakups. Mm, yeah. And like romantic relationships ending. So I got the vibe. I, like I, that's the vibe that I have about Evanescence. So those lyrics kind of like make sense to me. Oh. As an Evanescence song, because he's just like, yeah. I don't love you anymore. She's just like, I don't love you anymore. You can't say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it exactly. gives me something to grab onto. It's so much less theoretical than uh, than the other two that you provided, which were uh, really hard for me to know what's happening. At least this one, yeah. you don't love somebody. <laughs> like I get that. I can I can feel that. This yeah. one's a bad breakup. Yeah, yeah. this one's not a bad breakup. Okay. Evanescence really does stick out amongst them. Yeah. Definitely. I guess like Evanescence and and System of a Down are like the two that are kind of on the fringes of new metal where they could be other things, but we just didn't have a way to, we didn't have a, a genre to classify them as. So they just got lumped in with everybody else. Can you remind me what Evanescence's like big song was that I would know? Um, Bring, me, bring to me to life. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 
and we did mention this last time, but uh, my wife, big Evanescence fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mine too. Yeah, and Steph mine. too. Like and, they yeah. both love Evanescence. And this is not your typical what you would assume to be a new metal listener. My wife, not yeah, was listening to new metal. And yet she uh, was like, are you guys talking about Evanescence over there? <laughs> I heard you mention an Evanescence lyric. It's like, yeah, I literally don't know anything about this band. No, Stacy literally said yesterday, Stacy literally said yesterday, Evanescence is one of my favorite bands. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so wild. So Evanescence And I was like, okay, really baby. <laughs> I was like, that's good. No, they have a reach. They were in apparently Kenya and Haiti. And Haiti. So, uh, mm -hmm. so they they did something right. I don't know what it was. I just also I don't think that's where they heard them, but like that's <laughs> also imagining imagining them in their respective homes in Kenya and Haiti listening to Evanescence is like such a funny image. Yeah, like this white lady is talking about being sad. This like white lady dressed like the dregs of Hot Topic is like <laughs> singing about being sad. Yo, I think it's. I think they were listening to it in their respective homes. I don't know how. So? That's how I like to imagine it. Yeah. <laughs> It's just so funny because yeah, it feels. I also think, yeah, there's something about Nemo that feels like uh, it can only be an American product. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It does not feel like it had. I mean, I'm sure it did have international appeal, but I don't think that there are many bands who were responding to like the emergence of new metal from other countries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think there were a ton of like global and new metal bands. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, I have one more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna start with the chorus. This one might be easier to get because I, um, <laughs> it's so distinctive. <laughs> uh, also, I just want to say it's been so hard for me to like, just like say these lyrics and not say them on tempo. Uh, <laughs> you can do that for this last one if you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this one. Uh, C, but I don't get it. Don't you think maybe we could put it on credit? Don't you think it can take control when I don't let it? I get stupefied. It's all the same, you say. Live with it, but I don't get it. Don't you think maybe we could put it on credit? Don't you think it can take control when I don't let it? I get stupefied. I get stupefied. All the people in the left, all the people in the left wing rock, and all the people in the right wing rock, and all the people in the underground rock. I find myself stupefied coming back again. All the people in the high rise rock and all the people in the projects rock and all the gente in the barrio rock. I find myself stupefied coming back again. <laughs> okay, who's that? Okay, well, that's disturbed, right? <laughs> yes. They said the gente in the barrio? Yes. Um. <laughs> I didn't, re I don't remember that aspect of the song that he was trying to make like a statement. Is that their attempt at like a political statement? Is like everybody's rocking around the yeah, world. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're all stupefied. You know, the, it the doesn't people matter in the class. project, we're all stupefied. <laughs> <laughs> 
everybody is stupefied. I can't believe he said gente of the barrio. That's insane. I know. Um, wow. Yeah, you mentioned the project, the left wing, the right wing, the <laughs> high rises, uh, really just an all encompassing song that yeah. I guess everybody can relate to. This was their attempt at unifying the masses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can all get behind Disturbed, I guess. <laughs> they played this song on tour. They got on stage and said, this is for everyone. We just need to have peace and love. And then they sang this song. Oh my Honestly, God. that does sound back to my theory about being like a libertarian, sort of apolitical. It's perfect, right? Yeah. We, sh we, sh we should we should talk about this a little bit because we had a longer conversation about it before. We should talk about it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that, that those lyrics are perfect for that because it is this sort of basic understanding of, you know, we have these differences that don't really matter and there's everybody is kind of... Uh, the same in our understanding of the world, which is a very like narrow definition of like mm -hmm. people. And like, it's coming usually from a place of some kind of privilege, some degree of privilege. I don't know these people, but I imagine there's like, you know, an element of privilege to their, their understanding of the world. Right. Yeah. And so for you to be like, Hey, let's all just get stupefied together. Like we're all in this together, a fine sentiment, but I don't think it's really said with any, uh, understanding of the world. I think it's just like stop fucking complaining kind of like that kind yeah. of energy. Yeah, I can see that for sure. I also think that like when there's like a certain I think this is true for libertarians but also for liberals but like this like uh, unifying like let's all just come together despite our mm -hmm. differences like attitude is like very like divorced from any like reality of like people's lived experiences. Cause like, what am I gonna do with like a white supremacist? How am I gonna join hands with a, a Nazi, you know? It's not gonna work out well for me. Well, maybe if you all just yeah. listen to Stupefied together, you would have some common ground. Yeah, I'm just wondering about that, Danny. Like just the, the attraction to new metal as like a young black girl. Yeah. like. What what was that like? I, I mean, did you feel? I mean, it, it, you didn't have to worry about it as much because you were so young, so it didn't mean like it was not like when we find like music communities now. You know, as an adult, you find like a you might find like a musical community that you are a part of, but like, did it? I don't know. Like, what what was that like? Like, what was that like for you? Did were there other kids around you who? were into this music that you were close to like what what was the situation like because it is it is kind of an exclusionary genre maybe not by design but kind of just by like evolution you know yeah totally i had one close friend back in those days it was also a black girl that was in a new metal and we listened to it together and go to shows together and stuff like that um and it definitely was kind of alienating in that sense like when I was in middle school, I didn't think much about like the racial makeup of the bands that I was listening to. Like I could definitely tell that like, oh, a lot of these bands are like white dudes or like white people just like singing in microphone about their angst. But I also like, at that point in my life, it didn't really matter to me that much. 
Um, but when I got to high school and started to care more about stuff, I would also, I would often seek out bands that were like fronted by like black people and like other like genres that were like more diverse. So like, um, I think when I was in high school was when I first discovered like TV on the radio and like um, there was this band that was like, I don't think they're quite new metal, but um, not even sevenfold. It was some other band that like had uh, a black frontman for like a few years, for like a couple of decades, I think. And they only recently replaced him with somebody else because he had like some mental health shit going on. But like, yeah, I started to like actually seek out bands that were like in the lexicon of like rock or like alternative that were also fronted by people that were black or like brown or whatever moniker you want to use for people of color. Um, part of it is definitely that I grew up in a house that was like not very racially conscious. Like my mom, I was adopted by a white woman and her husband, my dad was black, but he like never really talked to us about like being black in America or like any of that stuff. So like, I didn't really have much of a racial conscience until I was like maybe like 14. And that was like going to high school and meeting other kids that were like more um, conscious than me and like reading stuff about uh, the world history and things like that. So I didn't start to feel alienated really deeply until like I got to high school and was still listening to that sort of music and like looking at the makeup of the bands that I was listening to and thinking like, why are these like the only faces that you see in like these genres, especially like in the rock sector of like, why is it just a bunch of like, white guys in like skinny jeans singing about how bad it was to be in high school when they're like in their mid twenties. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question that high school you had. Yeah. to be answered. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like going to these shows as like a young person also. Cause like I, I started, I definitely started going to shows when I was in high school, like punk shows and stuff when I was in high school, but I didn't go to like any rock shows until then, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, what was that like? Like, were there other kids there? Like, what, was it mostly adults? Mostly adults for sure. And we had to have like, my friend's mom would come with us um, to like chaperone, supervise or whatever. <laughs> it was very weird. Like, it wasn't that I was uncomfortable around adults, but I was just like, uncomfortable around that kind of adult if you know what I mean I think I told you this the last time but like I went to a show and I was wearing like like a light gray sort of like t-shirt and this guy that was like had been like sort of being rambunctious the whole time of the show like turned around and threw his beer at me and I was like okay I know what you're doing here by like getting my shirt wet and also like singing out singling out one of the only black people at the show so that was like really weird. And I didn't really go to any more shows after that one. I just like, it was a mixture of like not wanting to have an experience like that again. And also like, just like not really liking the bands that were going on tour in Pittsburgh around that time. But yeah, it was definitely really weird to be going to like shows like that during that time, um, especially with like a bunch of wild adults around. Yeah, it's cool that your friend's mom actually agreed to let you guys go and take yeah, and take right. you. That's really cool of her. Yeah, she was cool. I don't know if my 
my mom would probably have agreed, but I don't know if we would have thought to ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, my my older brother was definitely like going to shows at this time because he's older than um, me and my younger brother. But like, yeah. yeah, like I just, I always think back of like the shit that we missed because we were too young, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, such cool totally. Stuff out there. Did you end up seeing like any of your favorites in Pittsburgh when you? I saw the essence. You did? Okay, uh, cool. Yeah. I was like, I, I saw, was wondering if you saw <laughs> Yeah, I saw a band called um, Flyleaf that I was really into as well. Um, I don't think I ever saw Disturbed, but I was really into them. Or Lincoln Park. Yeah, but I definitely saw Evanescence, and that was like life changing. Damn, missed out on Disturbed. Do yeah, new metal bands <laughs> do these concerts have like mosh pits? What is the aesthetic of like mm. the new metal concert? What happens? From what I can remember, there weren't really mosh pits. There was just like huh. a bunch of adults standing, like headbanging, I guess. Huh. Interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah, that actually makes sense to me. I feel like that makes sense from what I've seen on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you think there'd be more like, I don't know physical yeah. stuff going on. Totally. Maybe at a Limp Bizkit show, there'd probably be more people looking to yeah. break stuff. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> well, actually, famously, that did happen at yes. Woodstock 99. Yes, certainly did. Yeah. Yes. People broke a lot of stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they broke the whole concert, actually. Yeah. <laughs> which was crazy. Thanks to Fred Durst. <laughs> That's really cool. Do you want to share anything else with us, Danny, before we ask our like final question? Uh, no, I don't have anything oh, else sure. planned. Okay, cool. But so our final question always with like this stuff, since we're, we're talking about this specific decade, is what is like yeah. the cultural relevance of the thing that we're talking about? So what do you what do you think is the cultural relevance of new metal as it relates to today, 2023, 10 years later, after mm. this decade ended? I think that the cultural relevance of new metal is like kind of being that like what is the phrase like the redheaded stepchild of like music or like just given like our conversation about like its lack of political depth and like really a, a lack of respect from other genres around new metal um so like people that were into like punk were like would laugh at new metal people or like people that were into like, like just like regular metal would laugh at new metal fans, you know? Um, I think the the legacy of new metal is just to be like overly emotional, overly sentimental sort of era of music. There's definitely like, you know, I w like I, I wish that there was like more to it than what there is, but like, I don't think there's a lot of depth in the music now that I like look back on that era. Um, <laughs> And like read some of the lyrics and like um, listen to some of the songs before when I was like preparing for this episode, you know, it like back then when I was like 11, I was like, oh, this is so, this is so deep. This is so hardcore. This is so like, it's everything to me, you know, but like looking back on it, it's like, like Brendan was saying, like, there's a lot of like talking around the emotion, but like, there's no image. There's no like there's nothing to hold on to in it. You know, it's like very vapid in that sense. So yeah, that's what I'd say is like the lasting image of new metal that remains for me. Yeah, so you guys are both poets. So it's like, 
new metal filled a place <laughs> before you decided yeah. you wanted to be a poet. And yeah. then you're like, wait, actually, this is not how this is supposed to work. <laughs> and now, the, now the lyrics seem completely empty to you because you know how to write lyrics. Yeah. That, or not lyrics, but like you know how to write words that will actually like evoke some kind of emotion feeling besides like those very primal emotions. Also, I think it's interesting too, like, yeah, you grow up and you, your emotional reactions to things become so much more complex and nuanced mm -hmm. that like want this one uh, like understanding or this like one, this like quickness to anger doesn't really fit for most situations. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. But I do like the idea that you just mentioned about it kind of being like this outsider genre, like this, this, which we don't, we typically assign like this outsiderness to things that are actually prestigious, right? Like we yeah. typically say like, okay, like the blues is an outsider genre, um, but actually it's, it's like less outsider than we, we think about it as, but I like the idea that it is like this outsider genre that kind of maybe impacted how the rest of like these outsider genres were birthed afterwards. That that mm, kind of that yeah. makes sense to me. Totally. I think that that's probably true too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like an outsider genre that had this moment of profound popularity, right? Like yeah. you couldn't run away from new metal for a for a period of time. I don't know if it was five years or 10 years, but it was seemed to be the most popular kind of music for like a moment. It was yeah. bigger than all of the major pop acts. And I do think that it speaks to the, the political time in which it was popular, that you were able to function as a sort of apolitical vessel mm. for anger that had no name which is kind of what new metal seems to be representative of and which many of us felt during this time period. And yeah. then as the, the decade that we're looking at started to like develop as a political thing, as a political movement, and you had like anti-war movements and then you had Occupy, uh, you had uh, Obama's election for whatever that's worth, right? You had all these things that were like calling you to have a point of view and mm. to actually put something concrete behind that emotion that you were feeling and then new metal doesn't really seem to fit with any of that and so i think we wanted something more maybe I, definitely for me and it seems like for both of you and probably as a culture too like i don't know if this can really function in the same way we're asking young people more and more to have some kind of political point of view i don't know if that's working but we are asking that of young people yeah um so yeah i don't know does this really work anymore can you really just be saying i want to fuck shit up without having a reason for fucking shit up I, I don't know if that really i don't know if we can do that anymore yeah totally it's not going to be big but that i mean it's not going to be big but i feel like a lot of the hip-hop that kids listen to now is that yes true mm. so maybe that is also part of the like impact the relevancy is like like I said, it kind of birthed these outsider genres. Now that there are all these like outsider weird genres of hip hop specifically that do mix rock in like a weird yeah. way, um, that are that are huge on like TikTok and and the internet and stuff. Um, but like, yeah, I, I do think that it is working. It's just not working in the same way in terms of like that mainstream crossover or that like big popularity. But also, 
as we've talked about on, on our on the podcast quite a bit, our culture is so fractured now. There's no monoculture, so it makes sense that there it hasn't had that crossover, you know, like um who's that guy that's from here, Brendan? You know who I'm talking about. Uh he was he was murdered. XXX Tentacion. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, like the kids love, mm-hmm. like still love him. And he does mix like metal and hip hop together. Yeah. It's not, it's not new metal. I don't know what you would call it, but he does mix it, that stuff together. So I do think it's like totally. working for a certain type type of teen. It's just not it's just not like you would turn on Y one hundred and hear him, you know? Like yeah. you would when you would turn on Y one hundred and you would hear like Limp Biscuit's Faith. The censored version, but you know, you would hear it. <laughs> like it would still be yeah. on. Like it would still be on, you know. It is working for a certain group of teenagers I, like i have a specific group i'm visualizing a specific group of teenagers in my mind who it works yeah. for um but this yeah like you said like you've both said it kind of like captured national attention yeah. in a way that like nothing nothing of this type really has since so it's interesting totally anyways thank you so much Danny. like I, I we really appreciate you coming on twice now to talk about yes. you yeah. listeners this is our second time talking about this Remind everybody where they can find your stuff, your your website yes. and everything. Uh, so my website is figwidow.com. Uh, my Substack is Ask a Queer Doctor, but it's um, dennyjanae.substack.com. Um, yeah. And then I'm on Instagram at bellbivdeho. That's uh, bell, B-E-L-L dot biv, B-I-V dot deho, D-A-H-O-E. And then I'm on Twitter still at uh, Fig Widow. Thank you, Danny. Uh, one of the best best Instagram names of all time. <laughs> thank <Widow>. you. <laughs> um, and thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye.